0: 1990s cult-fave Mr. Show on HBO begat with Bob and David on Netflix, while his increasingly poor decisions of Todd Margaret returns this week on IFC for a second chance in his third season. The Emmy winner and Grammy nominee also is familiar to comedy fans, from his role as Tobias Funke in Arrested Development, and his appearances in movies as varied as Men in Black, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, the Kung Fu Panda films, and of course, the Alvin and the Chipmunks franchise. In 2016, Cross also is launching his first stand-up tour in six years called Making America Great Again. We talk about all of this and much more, so let's get to it. Uh, I know you had a, a big press day. Are you uh, are you holding up?
1: Um, you are uh, my last phone interview, and then I'm going uh, <laughs> to feed my dog, hop in the shower, take the subway down to the, the press event. So I have... Come to the light at the end of the the beginning of the tunnel. So I have renewed uh, enthusiasm and energy for you, Sean, where it might have been flagging minutes ago. Well, rallied.
0: I thank you so much. I mean, in fact, yes, yes. In fact,
1: go go ahead, please.
0: Oh no, uh, I mean, well, in fact, I mean, you're making America great again. That's how renewed your energy is.
1: Well, I hope to. It's not just me; it's uh, it's everybody in the audience too. Yeah. We all have a shared responsibility.
0: <laughs> do you do you feel more of a shared responsibility having gone through Todd Margaret three times, blowing um, up the world, and then reliving wow, that it? that was and...
1: not the not the best segue. I gotta
0: I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> not even segues are the best. A little segways. clunky
1: that one. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: let me let me let me let me try this way. Uh, when was the last time you personally wanted to blow up the world and start over?
1: Oh, Jesus, uh, <laughs> I guess the, when was the last Republican debate? <laughs> maybe then?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, almost on a daily basis. Uh, and probably when I, when I take the subway into night, um, I'll have, i have those feelings anew because it'll be rush hour and, you know, the a, subway's a real treat during rush hour.
0: Yeah well i mean the the theme of the theme of uh Todd Margaret uh, at least you know the first couple episodes are just Todd Margaret for season three is very much a sense of reliving your past and you know if you get a second chance to do things over again are you gonna do make the same mistakes? Do you feel like as you're as you're in your fifties now that having a, a second chance at at, at at building your own comedy legacy or career
1: Well, I never saw a uh I never saw a division, really. I mean, it was. Uh, I just see it as a continuation, I suppose. Okay. Know? It's not unless unless you've heard something I haven't. <laughs> I'm not aware of. Is there what's on the internet? Is it really? I probably should stay away. Right? It's all bad. Seriously, bad news about my career.
0: <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually all good news. I mean, you know, not only with. Todd, oh God!
1: Thank God. <laughs> oh Jesus! Thank. You. Thank the, thank
0: the devil. Well, okay. You know, not only Todd Margaret. I mean, you know, this past year has been kind of a reboot for you. I mean, you brought back uh, the whole Mister Show gang and did with Bob and David, which
1: was that is true. Yeah, and, and now you've uh, been, yeah, to uh, <laughs> yeah. That wasn't by design, but um, but yeah. Uh, and you know, you know, you know, somebody somewhere is going to go like. Well, I guess he's run out of ideas right? <laughs> there'll be some, some negative negative spin on it. No, well, I think they I guess would somebody's I, uh, bankrupt
0: I think they would only say that if when you go out on your stand-up tour this year, you're just doing uh, shut up, you fucking baby." Then they would right then they but would doing remixes.
1: <laughs> I, I had this idea too that um, I played around with, and it just didn't work like I, I thought it might, but mm-hmm. I had this idea about. Um, you know, if they're, like, uh, doing an encore and say, you know what, Uh, I've always been jealous of bands that get to go cover other great songs and put their own spin on it. Um, So what I'd like to do is do a cover of uh, Louis C.K.'s (laughs) Why? And, uh, and, like, I just wanted to do a cover, Mm -hmm. but it just doesn't, beyond that concept, it just doesn't work. It's not... It's weird. It's it's. There's something not cool about it. <laughs> but I thought how cool it would be just to do a cover of a comedy routine.
0: And, and uh, in your own way. and forgive me for for asking this, but why did you pick Louis C.K.'s "Why" as your possible cover?
1: Um, it's the one that pops into my head. It's one of my favorite uh, bits. It's I. I it start it and it ends and it it travels. It has this journey and build to it that you're not, you don't see coming. Mm-hmm. It's such a brilliant. Uh, it's it's one of my all time favorite bits. It's just perfect. Um, you know, it starts off as this thing about you know when you have, you know it's about kids and kids ask questions and it's, you know and then it turns into this whole examination of you know self examination of failure. But you're still talking to a kid. Yeah. <laughs> build a kid it's a great take on the great observation of how kids go why 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 <laughs> it's just brilliant
0: uh, you and Louie go back all the way to your comedy beginnings right back in the late 80s in Boston and Cambridge
1: yeah I mean I I started in Atlanta um, uh, I mean I, I truly started in Atlanta oh
0: okay I thought I thought I you really
1: had... I really kind of no, the first set I ever did was like the week before my 18th birthday, uh, um, and I did stand-up there for about, I don't know, a year and a little under a year and a half, and then I moved to Boston, um, and the, but that's, Boston's really where I cut my teeth and, you know, found my voice and all that stuff, uh, but I definitely did, I mean, I started in Atlanta.
0: What got you on stage so young at 17? Did you know from, from even like a preteen that you wanted to be a performer or a comedian?
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, I definitely knew I wanted to do uh, um, stand-up. And, you know, I went to um, a couple of open mic shows uh, before I ever got on. And and I really did have that sense of, like, there was just uh, some awful, you know, this is... Uh, punchline in sandy springs Mm -hmm. um and back in 82 and uh uh it was just awful i mean i remember a bunch of them they were just terrible and i (laughs) and i really did think to myself i can do that or i can do better than that right and uh and that's pretty much what got me up there to start um did they have that? it was easy at all
0: did they have an age limit or anything or did they just let anybody on at the open mic Back then?
1: Um, They obviously, I mean, this was 82, and I know I had a fake ID. When did I get my fake ID? Uh, And this is back in the day. Uh, I don't know how old you are, but this may shock you. But um, (laughs) this was pre hologram, and you literally, no joke, there were people who did this. I think Mm -hmm. every community across the, the country had one where you could get like a micro camera, take a picture of the photo and then just laminate it. And it was, yeah. I literally had one that was a blurrier version, not comically blurry, but clearly a blurry version of, you know, not a sharp version of the license. And I mean, everybody I know had one. Cause I was going to, I was going to like, uh, there's a club called 688 that I would go to. And I, I happened to know the door guy. Uh, he was a friend of a friend. But uh, you know, I was underage, and you know, we all went. That was it. Was, it was very, very easy to, you know, to you find somebody who had the equipment to make fake ID. When did they? <laughs> when did like? I remember uh, it
0: was whatever. sometime in the mid '80s that they started to change the drinking age across the country. Was it?
1: Yeah, and I, I got grandfathered in too. I was in Boston. It changed in Boston. Uh, when I was there from I believe 18 to 21 or I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was from 80, it was either 83 to 84, 84 to 85, but I got grandfathered in. Okay. So I was able to drink. Um, and, and I think in Atlanta was 18. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was, it was, uh, it only got raised because George, the first George Bush tied it to federal uh, highway funds. Like he wouldn't right. give uh, relief uh, federal fund highway funds to a state unless they um, went to 55 miles per hour and I believe yeah, that's what I remember. Uh, lowered the, uh, raised the drinking age. So um, I think those, if memory serves, those two things were linked.
0: Did you? Um, <laughs> But when you made the move up to Boston, did you know that Boston had a thriving comedy scene or did you just end up there on yeah, a whim? Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, no, I went there because... Uh, I, well, I, I I ended up... Um, they wouldn't release my transcripts, my, uh, my school, because I kind of fucked around at graduation, which mm-hmm. is like, it's not even worth mentioning. I just <laughs> did some silly shit they wouldn't release my transcripts unless I did community service. And I said, fuck that. And I had already been accepted to Emerson. I was trying to get an NYU and I was just like, fuck it. I'll go to Emerson college in Boston. And, um, and I knew I wanted to, a, get out of Atlanta and B, go to either New York or Boston. Okay. And, uh, uh, know, my hand was forced as it were. So I went to Boston and, um, and I, and I was happy to go. I mean, the, the Emerson College was where Bobcat Goldthwait went and Carol Burnett and Norman Lear and it had this, you know, rich, uh, uh, and, I, and I think Bobcat just, like, stayed in the dorms or something, <laughs> but it had this, uh, you know, uh, comic pedigree to it. Yeah,
0: Dennis Leary, Stephen Wright, they were all...
1: Oh, Stephen Wright, yeah, that's right. Stephen
0: coming Wright. out of there in the late 70s, early 80s. How, how long as an outsider, yeah. how long did it take you to, to fit into Boston comedy?
1: Well, I mean, fully, I never really fit in i think uh i there was a division between kind of the old school guys like Nick and mm-hmm. uh boston comedy the the comedy connection, and then the as we were perceived, the kind of uh arrogant condescending uh Kids that uh, catch a rising star in Cambridge. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, there was definitely, I mean, those, those, uh, gaps were bridged eventually, but, um, there were two, there were two different schools of thought there. And, uh, um, but that kind of came as I was there, you know? Um, and there were some people who, who had a, a, a hold in both of those worlds, Louie, Mark right. Marin, uh, but there were some people like myself and Janine Roslow that, that, that you know rarely got to got work in the other through the other stuff and mostly did the what became known as the alternative
0: yeah, style. It, I mean, you also managed to make some lifelong working relationships out of those years in Cambridge. Oh right?
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah.
0: With Janine yeah, and sure. John Ennis and John Benjamin and. When I ask you about that time in the in the in the mid late '80s in Boston, what did you what did you think your comedy career was going to be like when you hit fifty? Did, you, did <laughs> I think
1: you that was an absurd thought? Did because you the idea that I'd ever live <laughs> to be fifty was uh, I mean, honestly, uh, and I'm not trying to be uh, romantic uh, like like uh, 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 self-aggrandizingly romanticizing mm. this idea, but I didn't know. I would not have been surprised at all that I would have I wouldn't have lived past 40 when, once I moved to New York. I mean, I was really uh I was hitting everything pretty hard and uh I was a bit of a mess and you know, there was it, it wouldn't have shocked anybody if I had died, I think. Would that
0: did, did you have like a, a romantic ideal of the y- all of these famous young artists who have died young and think that you were going to be one of those? People. Well, I think
1: that's the thing that you have in the back of your head where it almost allows you in, a, in an intellectually supremely lazy way to justify <laughs> that kind of behavior. Other kind yeah, to of, rationalize uh, that. Irresponsibility. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I kind of climbed out of that little pit and, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm the better for it. Yeah. Uh,
0: uh although although you have you have still had a, a reputation for being uh throughout the years uh antagonistic toward mainstream comedy as it were
1: would, 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 yeah i suppose that's a, i think that's a fair assessment and antagonistic is is probably pretty good um uh i you know it's it's rarely by name uh, occasionally it'll i'll mention somebody by name but it's right. mostly the The idea of that kind of comedy, but also I'm, I'm, I'm pretty removed from that now. I haven't, I haven't had beef with somebody in a long, long time. And I just, you know, maybe it's getting older and, and I just don't, I'm not even in that world and I don't care that Mm -hmm. much. It doesn't bother me. Uh, you know, I've got other things to think about. Um, but I'm also, it's not just, it's just not a part of my life anymore, you know?
0: Well then, let me ask you this: Who pitched the uh, Who was the first person to pitch the Prilovac sketch with Bob and David? Uh, <laughs> I d- it wasn't I d- me.
1: It was <laughs> it and 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 Bob uh, riffed that accent. He just started that when we were when we were like reading it. Okay, he went into the yeah. He went into that on his own. That was not me. Oh wow, I didn't okay. write it. It was uh, no, I did not write it. <laughs> Uh,
0: Good, I'm glad we have that on the record it, I
1: think uh, I think that might have been one of those uh, Kind of we all wrote it together It was a mm-hmm. bit of a link kind of feeling
0: Okay.
1: And um, So that might have been ri- written in the writer's room Because okay. uh, uh, it wasn't its own It was never brought up as its own Separate idea I think okay. it just became attached to that other idea um, And And then Bob Riffed that uh <laughs> And that, of course, you know, they're like, "Fuck that! You have to do that." <laughs> that's it. That's now it. Right. I mean, that's now the piece. <laughs>
0: I mean, even the actual Prowlersec ads are pretty mockable. So yeah, it's. Uh, what about the oh, what yeah. about what about the other sketch that had the uh, kind of riff on the Gallagher Gallagher Two brothers? Oh, dangy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was something that. Uh, somebody asked me about this earlier. I don't remember if, if Bob showed me the Shaney videos or I showed him, but we both, uh, we were like, look at this fucking buffoon, look <laughs> at him just spouting nonsense. And mm-hmm. we knew early, early, early on, we were like, we have to do something about this guy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This goes back like a year and a half actually, way right. before we started doing Bob and David. But, um, we knew we had to do something and, uh, it, it, there was actually, you know, like who's going to get to play this guy because it'll be so much fun to do. I, I can't remember how I ended up getting to play him, but um, maybe because I look more like him. But uh, uh, it's such a fun, stupid thing. And 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 Bob really hates those TED talks, <laughs> and he wanted to do something about TED talks. And it was just fun. That was a super fun thing to write and figure out and, and perform. <laughs>
0: David, I, when I when I was uh, going over some materials, I saw that you were one of the uh, original investors in Kickstarter. Is that true?
1: Yeah.
0: When That's true. when that when that started coming about, I mean, it's been ten years since since Kickstarter first started being formed. Did did you think mm-hmm. that crowdfunding would become quite as popular as it is now?
1: Not at all, but you know, I met with Perry Chen who had this idea. I signed a NBA uh, and we met at Cafe Mogador, and, and he pitched this idea, idea to me that was so brilliant and simple. Uh, I mean, obviously, a bunch of stuff had to be figured out, and you know, what happens if this doesn't work, and what if there's a fraudulent thing, and all that stuff. But just the concept of it is so, like, so many great inventions uh it's just a simple brilliant brilliant idea that i was immediately enthusiastic about i was like yeah i'll write you check it sounds amazing i mean good luck i don't know any of this <laughs> shit works but if you can get this to go fucking god bless you i think it's brilliant
0: have you been able to see how yeah. much of an yeah. effect it's had on on even just comedy and performers
1: i mean not not in a tangible sense but i know in a in a in the the kind of universal Spiritual sense, mm-hmm. I, I I can go on there, and I've certainly funded tons of stuff, and um, I gave seventy five hundred bucks to Animalista, oh. uh, you know, and 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 happy to do it, and then doing g- my own thing on yeah. Kickstarter, you know, seeing all these all these people, it's really uh, uh, you know, in in the true corniness of it, it's heartwarming, you know, <laughs> it's really it's really cool, and it's it's great to be a part of that kind of uh circular uh endeavor um where everyone benefits everyone benefits it's just it's such a great idea i think it's amazing
0: well david david thank you for for not only uh taking part in that but also taking your time to talk to me and i appreciate you not blowing up the world today so
1: (laughs) all right man thank you so much (laughs) thanks a lot david
0: This episode of The Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brezel at Showbird Studios. Theme music by Camille Harris and Shockwave. Logo by Gigglechick. Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening.